Okay, we'll read, we started to read the portion of Aira, and um, one thing we see, um, it's repeated the second time in this week's parsha. what we already learned in the last week's parsha. Hamosha Rabbeinu um, was refusing to become the agent of Hashem uh, to accept the mission of um, going to um, take the Jewish people, the Bnei Yisrael, out of Mitzrayim. So, uh, and Hashem really um, basically pushed the issue with him again and again until God actually said, got angry with Moshe Rabbeinu. And, um, so, I mean, the story itself, you know, when we were learning it, we were asking, I mean, the, the question came up, and sure somebody spoke about it, and, and we were reading it, and I spoke yesterday to my son on the phone, and came up, the question came up, you know, how could Moshe Rabbeinu be uh, refusing if Hashem sends him to go? Uh, look by Abram. Abram says, Lech lecha He goes. How was uh, Moshe Rabbeinu uh, saying no to Hashem when Hashem has to say to him again and again and again? Didn't he uh, trust that Hashem picks the right person for the job? Asking, why did Moshe Rabbeinu resist so much? How could he resist? You know, know Moshe Rabbeinu was a servant of Hashem. He was totally uh, on a high level and... When he was born, he was good. He was the light, the house filled with light and everything. He was, uh, oh, why did he need Hashem to beg him so much and get angry with him until he accepted uh, the, the but mission? A true leader doesn't really want that whole Okay, thing. granted. Okay, you know, a true leader doesn't want the responsibility. He recognizes that. But you should be ready. If Hashem tells you to go, uh, you got you go. You know, Avram went. You know, all the every all the people followed Hashem. You know, maybe uh, they didn't understand. They didn't want it. It was a big responsibility. I mean, I try to think. You know, if Hashem told us to do something, what would we do? Uh, you know, if uh, even if a tzaddik tells you to do something, you go ahead and do. Uh, let alone Hashem. <laughs> you know, tzaddik says, you know, I want you to go in a certain place. You listen. You know, we all. Uh, how could Moshe Rabbeinu not listen to Hashem, number one. It's a little bit strange. The other question, the other side, um, why did Hashem insist, okay, if Moshe doesn't want to go, well, get somebody else. At the end of the day, you see, Aaron is the one that Hashem tells him, you know, Aaron will speak, he's a good speaker, he'll articulate what you said, you got to say it once, as Rashi says, and he will do it. So, why, do, why is it so important that Moshe Rabbeinu go? I mean, that Hashem insisted. If he doesn't want to go, I mean, again, a tzaddik a lot of times gives a job to somebody to do. Even a tzaddik, we're talking about. Not I'm trying to equate a tzaddik to a Kodesh Baruch, what I'm saying, but we see that a tzaddik will tell you, listen, I give you an opportunity, and if you don't want to take it, okay, so we'll give it to somebody else, and what are we going to do? We're not going to force you to do something, it has to come from within you. So if Moshe Rabbeinu so much didn't want, why did Hashem force him? Perhaps we can connect this with another uh, portion, which we start off this week's parsha at the end, and we end with the end of the, the last week's parsha. What is? Good reasonings and everything else, but 
Hashem knows best who to pick, and Hashem knows who's good for the job. And as much as you don't feel worthy, as much as you don't feel, uh, one, one has to think that Moshe Rabbeinu was humble, the most humble person. So a humble person doesn't uh, doesn't uh, challenge or doesn't uh, reject uh, when Hashem says go. And so why would he? Why was he arguing with Hashem? But Again, I'm sure there's various different approaches to say this, but I want to tie this in with another, perhaps with another discussion where the Rebbe discusses also another troublesome, I guess, part which we have to understand with Moshe Rabbeinu. Because, as you know, this story uh, with um, when Hashem says finally to Moshe, Moshe accepts it and he does go, so Moshe goes to Paro and he says to Paro, let my people go. And not only, as we know, did Pharaoh not let them go, but he made it more difficult for them. So what does Moshe come back to Hashem? He says, Hashem, why did you make it so bad for these people? And he says to Hashem, why did you send me? In other words, not only did I not accomplish anything by going to Pharaoh, but he actually made it worse. He gave it, made them work harder. He made it more difficult for them. And you didn't send your people. So why send me? So in other words, you're sending me and starting up with Paro worked against the Jewish people. So Lama Reis What does Hashem respond to Moshe Rabbeinu? And as Rashi says, this is the end of last week's parasha. What does Hashem respond to him? Hashem responds to him, you know, I'll show you now what happens, but you're not going to see what happens to the seven nations in, later on. In Israel, you're not going to go into Israel. Because you question me. You question me. He says, you're not like Abram. Abram, I told Abram, that your seed will be by your son Yitzchak. That will be your children eventually. And then you go and tell me, go ahead and bring him up to the Akedah. Go bring him to the Akedah. So, Abram had a right to question Hashem and say, hey, you just told me Yitzchak Yikorul Chazorah, that he's going to be your seed, and now you're telling me to bring him up for the Akedah. How does this match up? How is he going to be my seed if he's not going to be... He wasn't married yet. He doesn't have any children yet. So how is he going to be my seed? How is he going to be continuing? And they didn't question me. But you questioned me. So Hashem was basically rebuking Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeah? Go ahead. But Abraham, I think it's Midrash that says, which son? Or does Torah say that? I have two the, sons. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a Durashi from the Midrash, yes? Yeah, he, he yeah. tries to open the tiniest little possibility, maybe it's not Yitzchak. Not his son. Okay. But, the, the son you the, love. but still, but at the end of the day, when the Abishah told him yes, yeah. that this is what I mean, he didn't say to Hashem, listen, but how did you with the question Hashem? He, maybe he was wondering, is this Hashem really wants him? And actually, based on, my, on the question we're asking now, we can actually explain what you're saying, that also in a way, because... Since Hashem told him that he'll be your seed, maybe he was actually questioning Hashem. You couldn't be meaning Yitzchak because then your other promise is not going to become 
uh, true because you're Yitzchak Olazor. So that's what we're saying. Maybe it means somebody else. Maybe it's something. And then finally, Hashem says, "No, this is the one I met." Hashem says he didn't question me, but you questioned me. Hashem says, "So you're not going to see what's going to happen now. You're going to see. I will show you." That's. Uh, it's very interesting that in our parsha when Rashi begins. Rashi also quotes from the Medrash, but Rashi changes around a few things. A, Rashi doesn't, doesn't bring down just Avram. Rashi uh, brings down a similar, but Rashi brings A happening. I don't want to go through all the details, but Rashi brings down happenings that took place both by Avram, by Yitzchok, and Yaakov. In this, in the end of the parsha Shemos, last week, Rashi just brings down one story. The story with the Akedah, that Abram didn't question Hashem when he told him first that Yitzchak will be his seed, and then he tells him to go bring him up as a Ola. But then Rashi brings down other stories that took place by Abram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, where they had a right to question Hashem, and they didn't question, but it's interesting over there, Rashi doesn't bring this as a simple meaning. He says, our rabbis taught us. And further, um, Rashi brings down over there a different story. Not the story with the Akedah. He brings down by Avram, he says, because he had to pay a lot of money to bury his wife Sarah. Here, Hashem promised him he's going to give him the line. Then he has to cost. And Yaakov had to pay money with different things that they had to go through. Different. So, there were... Bring up. So why the change over here? Why Rashi over here brings like this? What's the change? So the Rebbe brings down something very interesting. He says, he brings down a few suggestions. He says, number one, he says, the real issue in our parsha, the simple meaning, when Moshe Rabbeinu was asking Hashem, it wasn't just that he could question Hashem. Um, Questioning Hashem, we don't know that we could really question Hashem. Just like, for example, we learn that a lot of times, even Yaakov, he said he was afraid, Abram was afraid. Why were they afraid? Even though God promises them that he's going to protect them. But sometimes people think, maybe, you know, maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe I've used up all my merits, all my privileges. So, uh, personal things that a person has to spend money or something, if matters that are personal, that are connected to the person himself, there may be a reason that, you know, you're not getting it. So sometimes when a person will come before Hashem and say, oh, I'm worthy, I, you promised me, I'm, you know, we don't know. We don't have the whole uh, equation. We don't have the whole accounting. We don't know all the calculations. So very possible that, you know, you were promised, maybe you ate it up already, maybe you did something wrong in the middle, there could be various different things. But that would apply to an individual. But when we talk about a whole community, which is the future of the Jewish people, like by Yitzchak, over there it's hard to accept. So when we talk at the literal level, it's hard to accept when Hashem says to him, Oh, Yitzchak will be your seed, and that will be the continuation, because Abram has done something wrong or something happened, therefore that's no longer going to happen. 
there is more of a of a right to ask the question when it's not a personal matter, when it's a matter, matter which connects to everybody. But the Rebbe gives a much more powerful explanation. The Rebbe says like this, he says, really, what was Moshe Rabbeinu's complaint to Hashem? It wasn't just, why Hashem are you doing what you're doing, or how come you're doing what you're doing? That wasn't his question. The question to Hashem was, is, that what you're doing is actually worsening the situation. It's making it worse. The other examples that we have by the obvious Avrits of Yaakov, those are hardships that they had. Okay, so that's not such a big thing that you don't question Hashem when you have hardship. But Rashi wants to bring an example where Abram, specifically, the only place where we hear. Rabbi explains that God forbid somebody doesn't have any children. It's a very terrible thing. The person is, the people feel very, the parents are very upset. They never had a child. So the couple that doesn't have children are are very sad, devastated, they don't have any children. What happens if they have a child at the old age, after many years not having a child? We can imagine the simcha. The simcha of having the child at such a long time, they waited for the child. And then you tell them that they have to take that child and you have to bring him as a sacrifice on the Mizbech. The pain, and you got to do it yourself. So the pain of that is so much greater than not having a child in the first place. Because in other words, having a child and then having to murder that child or lose that child is so much greater and stronger than just not having a child altogether. So while the pain is, is, is terrible not to have a child, but to have a child and then uh, not have him, that's even worse than that. So that is the real example where Avram didn't question Hashem. He said, Avram could have questioned Hashem. Avram said to Hashem, you know what, Yishmael, I'm happy with Yishmael. Don't give me no promises. He says, who, who believes that I'm going to have a child at this old age? I'm happy. I'll be more than happy that Yishmael will be a good... And that'll be... Hashem promised him to give you Yitzchak Yichonah. It's not Yishmael. It's going to be Yitzchak. So, and then you tell me to take him away. You're making the plan grid. This is the equation to sending me to Paro. Okay, Paro is working the Jewish people without sending them. Okay. But here you're giving them hope which is false hope, here you're telling me to go, and then it turns out that it works the other way around. That's a hot, that's a whole other level of a test, and therefore Rashi brings that down in the simple meaning. Although in the more general, you know, on a general level, that's also understood, but, you know, even at Sadiqim, like Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, there are certain things we read in the Chumash that come across like very literal, come across like laugh, l- lacking, like they laughed when Hashem said, you're going to have a child, they didn't, you know, they, they, some of them, then sometimes uh, various different things, you know, that we read in the Chumash, it seems like a little bit, if you take it in the literal level, it seems like maybe they were lacking something, that there's something missing, and Hasidus, it explains that even the forefathers, they were made up of two parts of their physical 
and also they're spiritual, they're neshama. So while their neshama was so holy and pure on the highest of levels, and over there there could be no uh, connection to anything that would sound like even remotely not fully trusting Hashem. No, that didn't, that didn't from their soul perspective. But yet, from the physical perspective, from the bodily perspective, they were still human beings. And, and Rebbe explains that when you read the Chumash according to the simple meaning, like Rashi with a child who doing the simple meaning, over there we're taking the physical approach. So from the physical perspective, uh, we have to understand that, you know, uh, sometimes there could be a, a question, there could be a, a situation, and, uh, but, so even when we say that Abraham didn't question, so we're saying they didn't question in a situation in where um, they were promised one thing and then it changed around, but from the soul perspective, the Rashi says later on, any questions that they question, not only a very uh, serious question, but we can't say that the forefathers, from that perspective, the forefathers never questioned Hashem, even in cases where it wasn't something so severe. It's just questioning Hashem was totally out of their... So... So what happens here? So the question really may happen. What happens with Moshe Rabbeinu? Going back to the topic, the Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, the father, Shem says, Shem is rebuking Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu, you didn't question that, that my father, and why are you questioning? Okay, so the question is, how could Moshe Rabbeinu question Hashem? Why would Moshe, how could Moshe Rabbeinu question Hashem? A holy Moshe Rabbeinu. And to a certain extent, Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah, he was even on a higher level than Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov in a certain, from a certain perspective. So, how could he question? You see, you know, a lot of times, people have a hard time relating to certain situation, to certain people, to certain uh, circumstances. What, what does it mean to have a hard time relating? A person who is, uh, let's say, uh, fully immersed in the study of Torah, or he's fully absorbed with the love of God, or he's first fully in awe of Hashem. Sometimes they may not be able to understand people that don't. You know, they, they have, there's a, a gap between them and people that are so far away. If I can say, you saw this by the Rebbe versus some of the other great leaders. Other great leaders, they could not sort of bridge they could not they didn't have the language how do you talk to someone to somewhere who doesn't believe in anything who is totally on a on a faraway uh, level 
I just had an experience this, this, this week with a, a situation where a Jewish man married a non-Jewish woman. And they had two children. And then they got divorced. And this, um, and this person died, it was 58 years old, he died. And it was even for myself as a Chabadnik, I was overwhelmed and impressed about how the various different Chabad rabbis who had some sort of a connection with this family were trying to make sure that this person will get a Jewish burial versus being cremated. And most people would say, the guy married somebody non-Jewish, he was probably uh, accepted the other religion as well. We really have to go find out, make sure that he's 100% Jewish or not. Like, if one didn't want to do anything about it, you can very easily say, hey, the guy may not even be Jewish, he probably converted to uh, Christianity, he's not a practicing Jew anyways, he doesn't belong in a Jewish cemetery. You can find a million excuses, and why bother, and there's no money in there. And what? But the Chabad rabbis were turning over the world. I mean, we didn't succeed, okay? But they didn't want nothing to do. But that doesn't matter, we didn't get him. I'm saying there's a gap. People don't understand, religious people who practice religious, they don't know how to deal with people that have gone so far away. They marry out of the faith, they have nothing to do with, with Judaism, and they, so basically, the average you know, rabbi or even great rabbi would write them off and say, this guy is a goy, and that's it, you know, and you know, and move on, they wouldn't give it a second thought. And my wife is, is hugging me, she says, we gotta go raise money, we gotta get this Jewish burial. And she says, we have to, we have to do this, you know, and not stop in the middle of the night with uh, telephones and texts and then, you know, trying to see what could be done. And mind you, the, 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 the ex-wife, the guy, is the daughter of a pastor. And, they, and, they, and the mother is a pastor. And they, you know, is. So some say, why even go there? You know, who wants to? You know, the only one who can go there is Moshe Rabbeinu. Which means, what is Moshe? A leader. A real leader. A real leader who cares about every single one of the sheep doesn't write off anyone, doesn't say, well, this one is a sick sheep and this one is can't walk. He's not going to make it anyways. And, 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 and who cares? Let's just, you know, let him go. We have so many other things to care about. We have so many important things. Why worry about someone somewhere? It's just There are a lot of you that are questioning. Who's going to take care and who's going to get involved? Those questioning Jews, those who feel alienated, they, those who feel disenfranchised, those who feel that they don't belong and they have really, they don't, and, and possibly they don't belong because they're, who's going to take care of them?
Who cares about them? So, while Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the others, they have that vo'era. They've seen. All Jewish people have we all have inherited from our father some of that emuna. It says that the Jewish people were maminim b'nei maminim. We are believers, the son of believers. A lot of our belief comes to us not because we worked on it, not because we really believe. It's because our father believed. You ask them, you know, why do you do this? Because this is what my father did. And even if my father did so, somehow it feels right, and I'm doing it also. But if you ask that person, do you really believe? Is it real? Your belief, is that real? In other words, do you actually see? Do you actually see it like Abraham's seen it? In other words, that they know, or you're just sort of, okay, you believe because... Your father was a believer. I believe too, but it hasn't penetrated. Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen by Hashem because Moshe Rabbeinu could understand and could connect with even those who are disenfranchised. So even if Moshe Rabbeinu can't speak well, but Moshe Rabbeinu on his level, Hashem insisted that Moshe Rabbeinu go ahead because he is the one who has that leadership quality, not because of his greatness, that it, but because of his care, that it reaches to the extent. And when Moshe Rabbeinu was questioning Hashem, saying, I don't want to go, or in our case, he was questioning, he says it didn't. Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to bring in even the people that say no to Hashem. He was sort of being his, the example. He was saying, no, I don't want to go. That actually made Moshe Rabbeinu that even those who refuse Hashem, who reject Hashem, who don't, even they are at the end chosen by the Hashem. That was his demonstration. That after the questioning, that he questions, Lomariyosu, why did you do bad? He reached to the level that even those people also are able to connect. And there's nobody too lost, and there's nobody that far away, and there's nobody that cannot be. He opened up a new, an unknown avenue of channel of connection, which every Yid connects to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The questioning Jew, the one who rejects, with his own self, he reached in a level that our connection to Hashem is so deep, even in those levels of questioning, in those levels of rejections, it's still it's uh, connected.
this is also connects with the whole idea of really the Hasidic teaching of the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, because tomorrow, on the 24th day of Tavis, is the yard side of the Alter Rebbe. And the Alter Rebbe revealed the hidden, even from the teaching of Hasidus, he went and dug deeper, and he came to a level to show that even in the deepest places, in the furthest places, people who are not perhaps ready yet with their Yiddishkeit, with the revealed part of Torah, he made it that that should reach them too in a level that they should actually be not only believers because of their fathers, Moshe Rabbeinu reached in a level that he can understand. It's not not questioning Hashem like Avram. He didn't question Hashem because they believed in Hashem. Over here, that level of belief actually becomes your belief. It becomes something that connects you to Hashem. And that is much higher than just saying, I believe, but it's a connection that reaches into the furthest and to all places of uh, Yiddishkeit. Um, There's a long talk over there. The Rebbe gives various different ideas. I took out some ideas and tried to connect it, but uh, the bottom line is that um, we have to be able to appreciate uh, every person, no matter what it comes across to us, and we have to realize that even those that are questioning, they too can reach to the level that they can turn around and as the Jewish people. The Yidden were redeemed from its shrine because they believed in Hashem. That's what it says. And when the Yidden, when the Jews were about to be freed of Mitzrayim, that level of belief needed to sort of come to them themselves. They should believe, not only because their father believed. So it needed to come through a new level, through Moshe Rabbeinu. And in essence, now too, our belief is also before Mashiach comes, the challenges that we have today are a lot more in a way than we had before. Because we're about to experience the Geula and the redemption, so the challenges and the questions that we have are so much more disturbing and disruptive. Uh, and we can't just go by the amuna of my father was a believer. We have to sort of bring down the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was a shepherd who took that level of amuna that was by the fathers and he brought it down. After he questioned Hashem and then he said, well, questioning doesn't mean anything and still I believe. And Hashem actually showed Moshe Rabbeinu that um, all the great miracles that took place in Egypt and we hope that we will also experience all the great miracles that Hashem has in store for us. We've got to hold out a little longer and um, it seems unreal, it seems far-fetched, but we have that amuna. But as it comes closer, it's even more important to display that amuna, the strength, and the believing of Kaddish Baruch. 
Okay.